Welcome to the Encourage Podcast. In true Encourage style, today we've got some stories to tell and some real life to talk through. Join us as we build community, celebrate diversity, and become women of courage. Let's start today with an excerpt from Courageous Kindness, written and read by study author Becky Keefe. For six weeks, we've been learning what it means to be women of courageous kindness. Let's close with one more powerful example of how something small can make a big impact when we have the courage to show up and believe God can accomplish his purpose through us. You're probably familiar with the story of David and Goliath found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here's a quick refresher. Goliath was a nearly 10 foot tall Philistine warrior who threatened to destroy the Israelite army. Day after day for 40 days, Goliath came forward and challenged any man from the imposing side who was brave enough to face him. The future of both peoples rested on this single man-to-man combat. Whichever side was victorious would lay claim to their enemy's land, wealth, and citizens. Saul was king of Israel, and not one soldier in his mighty legion was willing to fight such a powerful opponent with everything on the line. The Israelites were woefully aware of their insufficiency, but they failed to understand that God's power was what they really needed. Enter David. At this time, David was a teenage shepherd, the youngest of eight sons. His father sent him to the battlefield with provisions for his brothers. When David got to the front lines and heard about the dire situation his people faced, he didn't hesitate to offer his help. David's uncanny courage came from knowing that it would be God's power, not his own, that would defeat the giant. He was simply willing to be the conduit. David approached the Philistine with nothing but a sling and a pouch full of river rocks. He took one smooth stone, placed it in his sling, and let it fly. The rock sank into the Philistine's forehead, taking down the seemingly unconquerable foe. Just picture it. A sheep-tending boy standing on the battlefield demonstrating God's undeniable power. So what does an old Bible story that reads like a mythic fairy tale have to do with being women of courageous kindness today? While it's unlikely that we will ever be asked to defeat an entire army by slaying an epic giant, each of us is sure to encounter opportunities to make a difference when the odds are stacked against us. Most certainly we will see someone in need today in our neighborhood or tomorrow at work or next week at church and look down at our own measly stones and sling and be tempted to think it's impossible for someone like me to make a difference. The correct response? Yes, it is impossible without God, but with God, all things are possible. Hey, Joy. Hey, friend. How are you? Good. What a story to just, you know, jump right into. Every time David and Goliath comes up, all I can think of is Davy and the giant pickle from Veggie Tales. So I picture Goliath as a giant pickle and David as a little cucumber. 
we are like knee deep in veggie tales season of life over here. So that's really funny. I miss veggie tales. <laughs> Bob and Larry were such great guys to hang out with. Do you know one time my now 10 year old wanted a Bob the tomato birthday party? <laughs> did I ever tell you did that? Did you before? do it? Did of you do course it? I did. I made a giant Bob the tomato cake. I I bought like food. I don't know what they call it. It's like spray paint, but you use it on food. And so it was a bright red Bob the tomato cake. And it was really fun. I bet Sam loved it. <laughs> I um, don't, we don't do veggie tales anymore. My kids are too big, oh. but I do still annoy them by singing a grateful heart as a thankful heart. You know that uh-huh. song? Yeah. Good times. Love those veggie tales. Well, this is David and Goliath. And this is a big story. Like there is a lot, there's a lot to this, you know, David, like he just got in there and did it. He wasn't, he really didn't doubt himself, but lots of people doubted him that he could make a difference. Yeah. He had to talk everybody into it. Like his brother was like, why are you even here? And then Saul was like, um, okay, tiny person, you can go and get killed, but I'm going to do, I'm going to cover my own rear and put my armor on you. I mean, he had to talk everybody else into it. Yeah. So I was trying to equate this, like, how does this show the kindness of God? Like, obviously God came through because David was successful, but my Bible, which you guys, I'm in my mid forties and I still use the student Bible old NIV version I got in the eighth grade. So this is a very important commentary from the student Bible. But, um, so I was wondering like, why would this really bring glory to God? And like, why did this one thing make such a difference anyway? You know, why did, why did for 40 days or however many days, one guy gets to come out every day and say, who will fight me in veggie tales terms, (laughs) who will fight me? Um, and nobody ever said yes, but this note says that In ancient times, wars were sometimes decided by representative combat. So a champion from each side would fight and the results of that one combat between those two people would determine the battle's result. But here's what's interesting. It says people believe the outcome of the fight was controlled by the warrior's gods more than the two sides' military strength. Saul lacked confidence in God's support. His terror demoralized his army. David, by contrast, was as confident in his God as Goliath was scornful of God's people. So like, I've been thinking it was David's confidence in himself. Mm -hmm. Like he just was little and scrappy and was like, I got this with my stone, but it was really him believing in God to take and use the little bit that he had to make a big difference for the entire Israelite army. Yes. I love that. Like how... What, how would our lives and hearts and lineages be changed if we were so confident in God's power in us? Yeah. What would that be like? What would that even look like? And I love the last, the last line of, of this story in first Samuel, it says, I mean, Saul is okay, I make up characters in my head of how they're looking and things like it's a play. And so in my head, Saul is like- It like veggie tales. It's already been done for you, Anna. <laughs> Isn't that handy? <laughs> well, in my head, Saul is like staring at him with these dinner plate sized eyeballs. And he says, whose son are you, young man? Saul right. asked him. And David said, I'm the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. And we all know who comes from Jesse yep. of Bethlehem. Yep. You know, like- Talk about in it for the long haul. Talk about the power in courage and courageous kindness. Good grief. 
Yeah. There's so much there. There's so much there. So our friends got together, Becky Keefe, Grace Picho, and Dr. Lucretia Berry and talked through experiencing God's kindness in a video. So let's take a look at that clip right now. And so I, what I'd love to hear from you is, what do you think is this connection that we see between embracing our great need for God mm -hmm. and seeing his greatness on display in our lives? Well, I think that we, we get to see God as life substance. So I remember, you know, as a kid, I thought like, okay, God is this far off being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes uh, some adults still think that way That's that, true. you know, God is up in a cloud or floating on a cloud, mm -hmm. <laughs> watching us with maybe some binoculars or something on a screen. I don't know, but either way, like <laughs> God surveillance is this, God. Yeah, surveillance <laughs> God. Yeah, yes. surveillance yeah. God, warrior God, yeah. like, <laughs> distant, distant, far away God. Um, but, you know, God is real. God is here mm -hmm. in, in every moment. Um, Emmanuel is, mm -hmm. you know, God is, is with us, among us, a part of us. Um, his essence lives. So God's essence lives through our day-to-day -day yeah. experiences. Mm -hmm. Oh, now we don't think about that. That like this, we are God's expression. So our daily, yes. daily day, day-to-day -day is an expression um, of God. And so our great need, you know, when I think yeah. about you talking about anxiety and then just allowing God to come and mm -hmm. sit with you in that, you mm -hmm. know, sit with you in that. So it's yeah. like our great need makes room for his greatness. Mm. Yeah. Our great need makes room for yeah. his greatness. I I think the design that he, like, thank goodness we do need each other. Right. Because yeah. we get to see glimpses of God we couldn't see mm -hmm. on our own. So our limitations are actually a grace mm -hmm. to it. us. Um, and it's yeah. an invitation to, to look for him mm -hmm. in ways that we wouldn't have expected. So it's good that we have needs because if we didn't, we would be so self-sufficient. We wouldn't be seeking for God anywhere, mm -hmm. any, anywhere else but within us, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when we embrace our need and when we embrace our limitations, I think it actually opens us up to what the Spirit is doing and that flow that mm -hmm. we talked about mm -hmm. um, because now we're curious right? and we want to see right. where God is. Yeah, yeah. You know, this week we looked um, a little bit at the story of when Jesus spent those 40 days mm -hmm. in the wilderness and being tempted. And what strikes me about that story in the context of, you know, God's power in the midst of our great need is that he understands what it's like to be in need, mm -hmm. to be in weakness. Um, and, you know, um, Satan tried to to tempt Jesus and he was fasting in his hunger, you know, just, just, turn, just turn these stones into bread. And... Jesus is God. So he yeah. could have done that, right? Like yeah. he could have met his own need. But what does he do instead? He points to the Father. Man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, mm -hmm. he says in Matthew 4, 4. And I just think about like when I have a need in my life, I have the opportunity, the invitation to cling to God's word, to mm -hmm. look at what he says, to say, okay, I, I cannot live on bread alone. I cannot live on what I can grasp for, what right. I can produce, what I can conjure by my own strength. Like I've got, I, I've, I need to, and I want to live on the word of God.
Anna, when I listened to that video clip, first of all, Lucretia's first vision of God sitting on a cloud with binoculars. I have had that same vision. <laughs> what did they call him? Like, I can't even think of what they just said, but like an overseeing God. A yeah. Like God. he's just like looking down, like checking, is everything going according to plan? What should I do next? What's happening? Right. But then gosh, realizing that he really is right with us, mm-hmm. right next to us. That's pretty powerful. I had an experience with a friend just the other day. I got to deliver some really good news to somebody for a business um, venture. And she said, I just can tell you, he is right here with me. She goes, this feels like a hug from God. Like he's here. I've had the worst week ever. And hearing this news is just God showing me like, I've got you. I'm right here next to you. And, um, I love that great way to think about it. It absolutely is. It's been fun to look in all these scriptures and see the big things and the little things, the overseeing God and the God of details. I mean, it's, it's all and throughout all of it. Yeah, definitely. So let's take a look. We had another scripture to look at and, you know, a lot of time we normally just read the scripture, but will you, Anna, kind of paraphrase this one for us? It's the story of Rahab from Joshua chapter two. And we were trying to think of how to share this. It's really long and you really can't read a little bit of it. So Anna, I want you just to give us like the overview. So yeah, which actually um, Becky does in courageous kindness. So I'm going to read this little chunk, but you guys seriously, the scripture. So it's Joshua two, one through 24. All you have to remember is Joshua two, read this story. It legit reads like a crazy spy fiction story. It's James Bond in the Bible. Full on, full on bananas. So basically Rahab is a prostitute and um, these two guys show up at her door, which Becky says is not really a surprise. I mean, given her profession, she says in courageous kindness, Um, (laughs) but these two guys show up at her door. They are actually enemy spies. And there's like, there's land that a king wants to take over. He sends out spies to scout it out. The people in the land are under orders to turn them in. It is, it, it reads like a fictional mystery novel. So here's what, but here's how Becky summarizes the story in courageous kindness. She says, Rahab demonstrates nothing short of tremendous courage. First by hiding two enemy spies on her roof, negotiating a deal with them devising a plan for their safe escape and helping them get away through her window undetected. (laughs) Then when the city was under siege by gathering her family and tying a scarlet cord in her window, that was like a signal she came up with to help keep her family safe. Becky says she waited for God's deliverance. Even when the circumstances looked grim, Rahab's life shows that the faith and kindness of one woman matters. So first of all, we have this bonkers story. It is, it really is good. Joshua too. And then we see this woman who we don't have a lot of background for. And frankly, the background we do have isn't real flattering. We don't know what her relationship with God or if she knows about him, but we do know that she had a gut feeling and we know as women that usually means go with it, right? Uh We follow Uh that gut feeling, which she did. And in turn, she saved a lot of people, including her, her family and her lineage. So how can we also trust in God's power and which really leads us to partner with him in the work of courageous kindness, but how can we lean in and trust in God's power, you know, kind of similarly, except not at all, (laughs) 
except not in a James Bond spine kind of way. Right. Um, I think one of those things is just being aware and being like having your eyes open to see the need around you, having Mm -hmm. your eyes open to be aware of what's happening, what people need, how you can be a part of that. But then also trusting God at those times when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it has, and you have to have a lot of faith. Rahab's story is kind of crazy, but you know what? Rahab is one of those women that continues to be named in the New Testament. Not very many women in the Old Testament are renamed in the New Testament. Yeah. But Rahab is held up as a woman of faith, as a woman of courage, as an example down the line. And so I think she was aware. I think she was aware. She was brave. She had faith. She, she didn't back down and she didn't let her circumstances overwhelm her. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That isn't something, all those things I just said in our own lives today, have faith, be brave. Don't let your circumstances overwhelm you. That doesn't mean all by yourself. That means because you are empowered by the Holy spirit living within you to be brave, to have courage, to not get overwhelmed. Like that is God inside of you. That's how those things happen. It's not because you're superwoman and because you're just suddenly like the queen of courageous kindness or any of the other courageous things we've (laughs) talked about this whole year. Right. Um, It's because God's inside of you and because he's directing your paths and it's by his strength that you're able to attain those things. Well, that's what we saw David lean into. It wasn't because David was so gutsy and perfect and bold. It wasn't because Rahab was perfect and gutsy and superwoman. Absolutely. It was because the Lord was in them. And I think, I, I mean, again, we don't, we don't know, but it seemed as though David knew God's power was in him. Rahab maybe didn't, but that's what it was a hundred percent. So even if we're not totally confident in that, we can still lean on that because God's bigger than our doubt. And he never leaves us. You know, whether you're a new believer or you've been doing this your whole life, there will be times, not might be, there will be times in your life where you don't feel as close to God as other times. There will be times. I mean, that's, and that's biblical. There will be times that you will feel far from God. And the such, such, so amazing is that you don't have to be filled with great feelings. You know that like when you go to church and you're just overwhelmed with emotion and you listen to some music and you're with a group of people and it's corporate worship and you just can feel God's presence so heavily, Mm -hmm. but then you might be by yourself in the middle of the night, in the middle of a really, really hard part of your life and don't have those great feelings. Here's the thing. God is with you in both of those times. Mm -hmm. He's right there with you and he's providing what you need. It's hard sometimes to though really be able to keep your eyes on that. You know, like for me, it's hard to always be able to trust in God's power and to be able to know that he's directing the courage in my life. He's directing how I can be courageously kind in my life. Um, do you ever deal with that, Anna? Is that ever hard for you? Um, how no, what do you do there? completely fully confident all the time. I never <laughs> falter at all. <laughs> It's one reason I'm so grateful for the scriptures and for these stories. It it is such a gift to be able to see your own, your very own self in these stories with these people who struggle in the same ways and the God who serves them in the same ways that he does even now in these ancient scriptures. And I think, you know, that's why they call it the living word. It is alive. It is moving and relevant and applicable. And I'm so grateful to have the story of Rahab have been included in 
length and spades. I mean, this is a long story to focus on just one woman, particularly sure in sure. scriptures. And like you said, she comes back up in the New Testament and it's because, you know, of the lineage. And so I'm just, I'm thankful to have that as an example when I am prone to wander and falter and not lean on God's promises and what I know to be true, because that's a gift too, to, to know what is true and even still struggle with it. And so um, for me, when I do wander and struggle, it is helpful to look at these stories and these scriptures and be able to pull them out of my Bible and my heart um, to see what God was up to at that. Because really the story is not about Rahab. It's about God's power. It's about the Lord leading. And so to look even beyond who the the main characters are and look back to the one, you know, the one main character. One thing that's really helped me to see God's power in my own life. And the more I can see it, the more I'm able to trust, right. That it will continue on in the future. But um, something that's been very visual and like easy for me to do has been to keep a prayer journal Mm. and any notebook will do, but just write, pick a notebook, write your prayers down. This is like quick prayer requests, like just something that I'll remember pray for Jacob when he has his test on Thursday, pray for Travis's job interview, pray for blah, blah, blah. And I just list those out and I usually put a date and then I'll list them out. And once they're in there, I don't have to list them again, right? Like the next day when I have new prayer requests, I list those out. And I just, that way I can go through the list and keep praying for the things I'm praying for and add new ones. But here's where it gets really fun is when you cross them out once the prayer has been answered. Mm. Mm -hmm. And when you do this, if you do this consistently for 30 days, you will be able to go back and see how God answered prayer after prayer after prayer. It's a very visual way to see God's power in your life, to see how he's right there, guiding your steps, helping you choose what to do each day, putting people in your path to give, you know, to do those small acts of kindness with, um, putting friends on your path to be, be having compassion towards them and being kind to them over the long haul. Mm-hmm. And, um, really just showing you like, Hey, I'm at work and I'm busy. 30 days is real exciting. <laughs> do this over six months or a year and you'll yeah. be overwhelmed with how much God is moving in your life and the lives of the people around you. Just like he did for Rahab, just right. like he did for David, just like Mary and Martha and everyone else that we've talked about over the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. And you friend, which right. we're so glad that you've joined us for this season of courageous kindness. And this episode brings it to a close. We also wrapped up this week, our, um, Bible study online and encourage, you can still come find any of those posts, um, from any, any of the courageous kindness Bible study we did at encourage.me slash Bible study Mondays. You can still find each week's reading assignment, the reflection questions, the full videos, you can get everything you need right there to continue working through courageous kindness. And you can still use code podcast 25 at dayspring.com to save 25% and get free shipping on your copy of courageous kindness. So not only does this wrap up our podcast on courageous kindness, but you know, this whole year we've been going through the entire courageous Bible study series at encourage. So we did courageous simplicity, courageous joy, 
courageous influence and now courageous kindness. So that set is also available at dayspring.com. If you've come in late and you want to go back, I just got a message yesterday, Anna, um, a text from someone who was visiting her sister in Jamaica and her small group was going through courageous simplicity. They just started it. And that's the one we did. Isn't that cool? We did that one at the very beginning of the year. So you can go backwards. These don't have to go in any order, but gosh, you do all four of them. It's really going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me give you a little hint next year. Our next Bible study won't come out until March of 2022. Um, But we are going to be doing a series that is called create in me a heart of, and the first one is creating me a heart of hope. So I could use some hope, Anna, how about you? <laughs> um, every day, all the time, give it all of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll take it. And it's not even just like how to find hope, but it's God, you know, that song created me a clean heart. That's what we're looking for in this journey. We're going to take together a series of four more Bible studies, um, starting in March that is created me a heart of, and the first one is a heart of hope. So that is coming next year, but right now we're going to take a couple weeks off of the podcast. We're going to get through Christmas and, uh, go do all the things that are coming up. Happy birthday to Jesus. And then starting the first of the year, we're going to change the format of the podcast. Anna, should we share that today? Yes. So starting off the first of the year, the Encourage podcast is going to come to you five days a week, Monday through Friday, and it will actually consist of the Encourage article that is written each day on encourage.me. So we publish a new article from one of our 30 writers every single day, and we're going to bring those to you in audio form now. So they're going to be narrated by Grace Picho, who's our editor at Encourage and one of our writers. You're going to love hearing from her and every day, Monday through Friday. So you don't have to read the encourage post anymore. If you're a podcast listener, you can just listen to it wherever you are. It's going to be a quick hit every single morning. And we really hope you will make encourage a part of your daily routine. We're so excited about this. You guys, (laughs) we've wanted to do this for about a billion years. So the fact that it's happening is huge over the moon. So we can't wait for you to join us in January. Every single day we will be available to you. So enjoy your Christmas. We'll see you after the first of the year. In the meantime, check out encourage.me. We'll be posting articles every day. And we'd also love to see you on social at encourage. That's encourage with an I. Have a great rest of the year. We'll see you in a few weeks. The Encourage podcast is brought to you by Dayspring, makers of your favorite cards, books, and gifts. Visit them today at dayspring.com. Mm-hmm.